Howdy folks, this is Matt Sewell and you're listening to episode 31 of the Popecast, the podcast for people who like learning about the popes and church history but don't much care for reading dry, dusty history books. Before we get into it this week, if you've been enjoying the Popecast for a while, or even if you're a new listener, I want to invite you to check out our Patreon page and consider becoming a patron. You can find it by going to thepopecast.fm and clicking the Become a Patron link up in the upper right corner. Supporting the Popecast for a couple bucks per episode not only would get you a free sticker and uh, access to new episodes a day early and some other benefits, but it helps to make sure we can cover our costs and continue churning out great content for you all. So that's thepopecast.fm and the Become a Patron tab. And of course, thanks as always to our awesome patrons who are already contributing. Okay, on to our topic. On this week's episode, it's a pope who answered to no one but God. He was fierce in battling the burgeoning heresy of monothelitism. He didn't care if the emperor approved of his election or not, and he would go on to pay the ultimate price for his efforts, all for the sake of the church. Coming in at number 74, it's the last martyred pope, St. Martin I. Pope St. Martin I was born at Todai, a town on the Tiber River sometime near the end of the 6th century. According to his biographer Theodore, the future pope was born into nobility, had a commanding intellect, and was known to have a heart especially for serving the poor. His earlier service to the church saw Martin, who was an abbot in the order of St. Basil, being sent at one point by Pope John IV to serve the residents of Dalmatia and Istria, regions near modern-day Croatia, who had been suffering as a result of invasions of the Slavs. It was there that Martin not only paid a ransom for those being held captive, but apparently also returned the relics of important Dalmatian saints back to Rome, where Pope John commissioned an oratory in their honor. In the final seven years leading up to his election to the papacy, Martin served as papal ambassador, a legate or apocrisarius as they were called in those days, to Constantinople, the capital of the empire and effectively the center of Eastern Christianity. He was mainly there to help Pope Theodore I depose the patriarch, Pyrrhus, who had sunken into the heresy of the month, monothelitism. Okay, not the heresy of the month, but the heresy of the century. Church history nuts and listeners to the Popecast will recall that monothelitism was the belief that Christ had but one will, the divine will, and that would uh, that actually would be eventually be condemned along, interestingly enough, with uh, the negligence of Pope Honorius I, uh, officially by the Church at the Third Council of Constantinople in 681. Be sure to check out our infallibility series for more info on that. But Martin was elected the the 73rd successor of St. Peter on July 21st, 649, to succeed Theodore, and he not only skipped over the then-customary step of seeking the emperor's confirmation, but Martin quickly convened a synod, effectively just a meeting of bishops to discuss something uh, important to the life of the church in Rome, to deal with the brewing monothelite heresy. The Synod Fathers met about five times during the month of October in that year and would go on to, shall we say, play with fire by condemning documents written by not only two different emperors, including one called the Typus by Constance II, the current honcho, but the Synod also excommunicated the likes of former and current patriarchs of Constantinople, among a couple others. Uh, And the 21 canons that came out of the Synod, translated into Greek, were sent along to the emperor after the fact. In a dose of uh, natural papal intrigue, as there always is the case, Martin himself survived an assassination attempt 
credited to divine providence. When Olympias, an administrator sent to Italy by the emperor to disrupt the synod, sought to receive holy communion from the pontiff with the intention of slaying him. Only history knows the specifics of Martin's survival, of course, but Olympias fittingly would slink away to fight against the Saracens in Sicily and died there. Martin was hardly safe, though, after that. The emperor was none too pleased, of course, about being called, rightfully so, a heretic, and sent another administrator, Theodore Calliopus, to Rome in 653 with orders to bring the pope to Constantinople, by force if needed. Martin, by then in ill health, didn't fight back when Calliopus entered the Lateran Basilica in mid-June of 653. As the Catholic Encyclopedia recounts, Calliopus arrogantly, quote, informed the clergy that Martin had been deposed as an unworthy intruder, that he must be brought to Constantinople and that another was to be chosen in his place, end quote. The Pope, wanting to avoid further violence, went peacefully and announced to those around him that he was willing to stand before the emperor. Martin was taken, along with the great St. Maximus the Confessor, who, by the way, before it was all said and done, would have his tongue cut out and his right hand cut off, to give you an idea of the brutality of this particular emperor and his administration. Martin and Maximus's travels lasted over a year. In September of 654, they finally arrived in Constantinople, both being branded as heretics and as rebels. Instead of being taken immediately to the emperor, the saintly Pope Martin I was reportedly left on deck for hours, withstanding the insults and jeers from a curious crowd of onlookers. And then, to make matters worse, he was taken to a prison, where he was subjected to incredibly inhumane conditions, suffering from cold, hunger, and thirst, and where he was imprisoned for three entire months. Only then was he brought before the Senate, where he was charged with all sorts of trumped-up items. Really, the main and only serious one was that he refused to sign Constance's letter, the typist, the heretical document, of course, that Martin Synod had condemned five years earlier. The wily old Pope still stood firm and refused, again. So he was, sadly, as the Catholic Encyclopedia again writes, quote, carried to an open space in full view of the emperor and of a large crowd of people. These were asked to pass anathema upon the Pope, to which but few responded. Numberless indignities were heaped upon him. He was stripped of nearly all his clothing, loaded with chains, dragged through the streets of the city, and then again thrown into the prison of Diomede, where he remained for 85 days. End quote. Though surely Martin would have welcomed the quick crown of martyrdom if uh, his past actions had been any indication, the death of the repentant patriarch of Constantinople, Paul, was said to actually have stayed the emperor's itchy trigger finger in killing the pope. So Martin was instead sent into exile. He was boarded on a ship on March 26, 655, that sailed to Cherson on the shores of the Black Sea near modern-day Ukraine. It's there that Pope St. Martin I lived the rest of his days, dying on September 16th, 655, the last pope in history to be recognized as a martyr. As far as his legacy, Pope St. Martin I is one of the greatest pontiffs to have ever graced the chair of Peter, as if his story uh, could have told you any different. And if only for his willingness to courageously stand firm in the face of of the forces of darkness, of falsehood, despite his own physical infirmity. Many miracles are said to have been attributed to Martin, both in life and after his death. 
And praise God for that. His feast day is celebrated on April 13th in both the Roman Catholic Church and in Eastern Orthodoxy, the latter tradition of which, where he's actually formally known as St. Martin the Confessor, the Pope of Rome. Not a bad moniker. Orthodoxy also recounts in, in their breviary, their, their prayer book on his feast day, quote, the glorious ruler of the Orthodox faith for all, the sacred chief of dogmas, unstained by error, and the foundation of bishops, pillar of the Orthodox faith, who did adorn the divine see of Peter, and from this divine rock did guard the church unmoved. End quote. I love that. One of my personal favorites, servant of God, Pope Pius VII, who, who was uh, himself featured in episode 16 of the podcast, wrote about his holy predecessor, in fact, in his encyclical, Deusatis, written in the year 1800, so, you know, almost 1200 years after Martin reigned. Pius VII writes, quote, Indeed, the famous Martin who long ago won great praise for this sea commends faithfulness and fortitude to us by his strengthening and defense of the truth and by the endurance of labors and pains. He was driven from his sea and from the city of Rome, stripped of his rule, his rank, and his entire fortune. As soon as he arrived in any peaceful place, he was forced to move. Despite his advanced age and an illness which prevented his walking, he was banished to a remote land and repeatedly threatened with an even more painful exile. Without the assistance offered by the pious generosity of individuals, he would not have had food for himself and his few attendants. Although he was tempted daily in his weakened and lonely state, he never surrendered his integrity. No deceit could trick, no fear perturb, no promises conquer, no difficulties or dangers break him. His enemies could extract from him no sign which would not prove to all that Peter, until this time and forever, lives in his successors and exercises judgment as is particularly clear in every age. End quote. Man, I love Pope Pius VII. He has such a way with words. It's such a great story himself. Now, of course, to close out this week, it's only proper to feature a quote from the saintly pontiff himself. It's a short one, but nevertheless still profound. Martin once said, Quote, As for this wretched body of mine, God will look after it. He is near at hand, so why should I be anxious? I hope that in his mercy he will not prolong my course. End quote. Amazing if you think about it. Here's a guy who is literally being tortured and held prisoner while basically already being sick, elderly, and near death. And yet, he asked the question, why should I be anxious when considering his situation? It's in this nugget that I think we can perhaps mine the biggest takeaway from this particular episode. Implied in Martin's words are the knowledge that God takes care of his own. As baptized persons, we are heirs to the kingdom, sons and daughters of the Father. And as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So anyway, that's the story of Pope St. Martin I. Thanks, as always, for listening. That's it for this episode of the Popecast. If you haven't already, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes if you're liking what you're hearing. And be sure to hit that subscribe button to make sure you're notified of every new episode. Plus, if you leave a comment or a review, we'll read it aloud on a future episode and be sure to give you a shout-out. We're always grateful for those. 
As I mentioned at the beginning, to become a patron and help us continue churning these out, be sure to visit thepopecast.fm, thepopecast.fm, and click the Become a Patron button in the upper right-hand corner. You'll be able to contribute a buck or two an episode or more if you'd like to keep things rolling. You'll get early access to every new Popecast episode, a free sticker. Plus, it's actually set up to contribute per episode instead of per month, which a lot of podcasts and other creators uh, have it set up as. So you actually only get charged when there's new content. And then lastly, for the great Pope quotes and other uh, great stuff, uh, awesome old pictures from papal history in between the new episodes, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Popecast to connect with us there. So as we close this episode, let us ask for the prayers of the saintly Pope Martin I, that we too might have the courage to stand up for the truth, even if death is our reward. Pope St. Martin I, pray for us. Until next time.